Hey, what's up, Folios? Jake Steele here. This is the Iron and Steel podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining me. And uh, yeah, we're in a good mood this week. Uh, I guess by we, I mean I. I don't know why I'm multiple people all of a sudden, but uh, I guess myself and my multiple personalities are in a good mood this week. Uh, mostly because uh, two things. Tomorrow, I'm going to pack up, head to the coast, spend a few days there. So I'm looking forward to that and uh, nothing car related, unfortunately, but uh, just a little break. So yeah, going to the coast, excited about that. And uh, more importantly, the weather here in the Pacific Northwest has been insane for like, I I don't even know. I don't think it's rained in like... I don't know, a month, more than a month, which in California guys are probably laughing, but for up here uh, in the spring, that's totally just, that's crazy. Usually what happens in the spring is um, we'll get like a couple of days, like say like three days, right? Of pretty nice weather, like just right out of the chute, like, you know upper 60s no rain sunny beautiful for like three or four days everybody's like yeah and they like get their step ladders out climb up to the balcony and like take the noose down they're like yeah not this year spring's back and they get all fucking pumped and then and then it rains for like three more weeks and everybody's like fuck and uh yeah that's usually what spring looks like but uh, for some reason, for some reason, this year has been just nuts. Uh, I don't know what the deal was. I got back from Trog, um, I don't know, like a month ago, a month and a half ago. And the weather was like so-so. And then after just like probably a week and a half of so-so weather, it just started getting better and better and better. And like I said, it hasn't rained or done anything goofy up here for I want to say a month, maybe a little bit more. So yeah, that's a good thing. Everybody's pretty excited about that. Um, Yeah, myself included. So I was getting pretty tired of complaining about the rain and uh, looking forward to getting back to what I love most, which is complaining that it's too hot. Looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, no, it's... uh, it's crazy. It's amazing what the weather will do for your mood, but uh, it's been great. I hope it stays that way. When you look at the weather forecast up here, like the seven day or whatever, 10 day, whatever the hell it is. Um, I just checked it uh, yesterday or something. It's just like sunny and 77 degrees for the foreseeable future. So yeah, this is a good thing. Uh, anyway. All right. This week, see well let's jump into my little spiel weekly spiel you guys make sure you're subscribed on the website ironandsteel.com go there there's going to be a thing that'll pop up it'll prompt you to add your email address please do that it just takes two seconds and uh i'll send you an email a week it's not a big deal it's just to remind you when there's fresh content Uh, if you're new here this is a weekly podcast and a fresh article every single week on the website fresh podcast here and uh, it's a lot of fun. Most often, I'm telling your guys' stories, and uh, it's been pretty freaking awesome. That's the G-rated version. I don't know if you can hear my dog in the background clanking her fucking collar. 
Chill out, dude. Anyway, jakeatironandsteel.com. If you have stories of your own, please send them in. I'll tell every story that I receive. Uh, if you include photos, I will publish it on the website. So that's that deal. Make sure that you're subscribed on the website. Thank you very much, Piper. Subscribed on the website. Make sure you're following here on the uh, podcast scenario, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your, uh, wherever you're listening to this little shit show. Uh, make sure you're following or subscribed or whatever it is. And then most importantly, or at least equally as importantly, I guess I should say, uh, Instagram, turn on post notifications. Instagram has reeled me way back and uh, kind of, you know, I'm at like 23,000 followers with this podcast deal. Uh, they let me get kind of like that far and now they've scaled me way back as far as engagement goes. And what they want is they want for me to pay for um, continued growth, essentially. So they want me to boost posts, uh, pay for advertising and things like that to get back in front of uh, my audience, essentially. So um, paying Instagram, paying Meta or whatever it is, Facebook uh, is pretty low on my priority list and pretty low on my list of things that I would like to do. So uh, I'm not really a big fan of doing that. So if you guys could make sure you're subscribed, there's a post notification thing on Instagram, just the little bell up in the right hand corner, click that. And, uh, it'll let you know when there's, um, when I post something new, which is normally uh, podcast or website or at the very least old car related. Uh, so it's worth your while. And, uh, if you could continue to share the links, do all that stuff to repost when I post this stuff. I want to keep this podcast going and growing and uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Instagram's kind of being a big uh, fart sniffer with this whole deal, but uh, I think we can overcome it. So if you can, just make sure you're subscribed across the board, like, share, tell your friends, tell your family, the usual stuff. Uh, that's it. All right. This week, I kind of grabbed some low hanging fruit for this week because uh, I've got a lot going on. So I just punched this article out like 15 minutes ago, to be honest with you. It's on the website, ironandsteel.com. It is called, Who's Buying These $15,000 Model A's? And I couldn't think of a more clever title than that, so I apologize, but uh, <laughs> I couldn't help but notice this trend lately where guys are just asking astronomical prices for uh, Model A's that are just sort of average, not exceptional. And uh, I couldn't help but notice that and I can't help but wonder uh, who's actually paying that kind of money for these cars and uh, how that's actually working. Um, as most of you know, I've had a lot of Model A Fords, a lot of early Fords, Model A's especially come and go over the years. I've kind of found a little sweet spot uh, price-wise that uh, I'm able to buy and sell and make them go away at and uh, it's well below this $15,000 mark that seems to be the new norm with these guys. And uh, yeah, so I couldn't help but notice that little trend. And uh, I punched this little rant out in the spirit of being annoyed by it, <laughs> uh, I guess. And so that's what we're gonna do today. You can go to the website, check it out for yourself, ironandsteel.com. Who's buying these $15,000 Model A's? That is the unclever title of the article. In the article, I posted some photos of uh, half a dozen or 15 or 20 uh, examples of cars that I've had over the years, and I list the price uh, that they realized when I sold them. 
And uh, yeah, it is what it is. So go check it out for yourself. In the meantime, kick back and relax. And uh, I'll read you this little spiel. When we get done, uh, we'll jump into some Q&A and then we'll say peace out, biatches. Except I wouldn't actually say that because that's rude. All right, guys, here we go. Okay, guys, here we go. Who's buying these $15,000 Model A Fords? Any hoozle. Uh, per usual, I'm just scrolling through the website, reading this aloud. Uh, low tech, low key, low expectations, low and behold. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Story goes like this. Here we go. Model A's. I've had a lot. Over the years, more than 100 for sure. And if you don't believe me, I have currently 71 photos on my phone of ones that have come and gone in the last six years since I've remembered to start taking and saving photos of these things. And there were dozens that came and went before that. That sounded kind of like I had a point to prove there. Sheesh, I didn't realize, I didn't realize I was so aggressive. You don't believe me? Fuck you, man. Uh, <laughs> in all of the deals I've done, buying and selling these cars, there's kind of a sweet spot that I've stayed in when it comes to price. In this range, it seems to be from six to $9,000 for a decent Model A of any body style in, quote, good condition. Now, this doesn't include just bodies or total projects, and it also doesn't include exceptionally nice, professionally restored museum pieces either. I'm talking about what most guys are offering for sale, which is just a pretty good Model A, complete and in running order. They are normally an old, quote, restoration and the quotes here are because to be frank with you they're almost never actually restored but rather were slammed together by some old timer in his garage in the 80s or 90s and they were not put together with any particularly spectacular level of skill or craftsmanship for that matter this is a very typical thing when it comes to Model A's. Guys with sort of tinkerer type skill sets were cobbling these things together right and left 30 to 40 years ago. And this is what you find a lot of today. Here is your typical scenario for me. I find one of these things sitting in a garage it's not been started since 2006 when grandpa got sick and passed away. And here it is, dull paint from the tractor supply store sprayed with a Harbor Freight gun in 1997, copious amounts of Bondo over pop riveted homemade patch panels, if you can call them that, in the lower cowl and the door bottoms, a worn and droopy interior kit ordered from a catalog and installed by its owner around the same time, and of course, your usual tale of a rebuilt motor. 
Of course, nobody can tell me who rebuilt it or when. They also cannot provide any documentation of any type that this ever occurred, nor can they even tell me what, quote, rebuilt even means to them. Now, when I find something like this, I typically buy it for, as an example, $5,500. Then I take it home, clean it out, wash it up, and most importantly, make it run once again. And the general rule with a Model A motor is that if it turns over, it will run. I've brought dozens and dozens and dozens of these things back to life, oftentimes having to unstick them first. They almost always run. In most cases, I give them a carb rebuild, a new set of points, a fresh battery, and a few other small things. When that's all said and done, I have a running and driving Model A in so-so shape that I have taken a huge gamble on, hauled home, spent a couple of days messing around with, and now its value is about $8,000. Now, that's the reality, at least in my neck of the woods, if you want to sell a Model A in this condition. I like to sell them, not just advertise them and adopt new pen pals. So that's just where I, I would typically post or list something like that. If I want $8,000, I'll post it up for 8,900 bucks and let someone talk me down if necessary. So imagine my surprise when during my usual morning ritual of cruising Marketplace, Craigslist, and a few other secret places that I go uh, to harvest some of these old things, when I come across example after example of these cars in very similar condition routinely and often repeatedly posted for sale for twelve to $15,000 and sometimes more. I watched these guys do this for months on end, posting, reposting, posting again, $14,500 for three months straight, then a repost with a drastic price cut. Now, just $14,300. As if that $200 was the breaking point for us, the customer over here. It makes me chuckle, and never mind the fact that not only do they want too much, but they also can't even be bothered in most cases to write a proper ad or even take decent photos. Uh, it's almost like they never read Selling Made Easy which is a uh, podcast episode and an article on ironandsteel.com if you want to check it out for yourself. Uh, anyway, so as I'm watching these guys posting these $8,000 cars for sale for twelve dollars to $15,000 over and over and over again, I'm listing ones for seven dollars to $9,000 and selling them usually within a few days. Sometimes less, sometimes more, depending on the car, of course, but that's really the average. 
I think the most I have ever sold a Model A for was $14,500. But this was a gorgeous 1930 pickup, which is currently just about the easiest body style to sell these days. And this truck was an actual professional restoration and was as close to perfect as you can get. And if you're wondering, this is actually the truck from the story, uh, or the stories, I should say, <clears throat> called Sometimes They Come Back. There's uh, part one and part two, uh, also on the website and also uh, podcast episodes. So you can go check that out. There's a whole bunch of photos of that truck. It really is gorgeous. But uh, yeah, 14.5 for that truck. And that was hands down the most money I've ever gotten for a, for a Model A. Anyway. Uh, now, don't get me wrong, there are plenty of exceptions. There are, in fact, tons of Model A Fords out there being offered for sale that are indeed worth $15,000. Uh, the only problem is that those cars seem to be marketed for twenty-two dollars to $25,000 by equally delusional folks that sort of forgot how to keep up with the times when it comes to valuing a Model A Ford in today's world. I've had tons of phone conversations with people who have called to tell me all about their car, how nice it is, and how in their mind, it's gotta be worth $25,000. I always tell them the same thing. That is, I have seen very few examples of a Model A that is worth that much money. And to be frank with you, when I say very few, I mean almost none. The fact is, if it's that many dollars, it had better be an absolute 10 out of 10 rotisserie restoration done by a professional. And even then, finding a buyer will still be tough. Speaking of exceptions, I've encountered a few over the years. It is always exciting to find a beautifully done car that was painstakingly restored by a skilled person and then carefully preserved. I've seen more than a couple that have impressed me, but that is not the normal situation. And even in those cases, I still tend to shy away from them simply because they can be extremely difficult to rehome once you get into that higher price range. Now, would I love for these guys' fantasy prices to be reality? Well, in some ways, yes. Believe me, there is nothing I would like more than for this hobby to continue to grow and thrive. And in some areas, it is. One of those areas, though, is not the world of stock Model A's. It just isn't. With so many coming available as the previous generations that restored them pass away and seemingly less interest as a whole from the younger generation, it is driving prices down. There are simply too many nice cars popping up for sale at entry level pricing. What's my point? Uh, honestly, I'm not sure. Maybe this is uh, just a rant, but let me say this, from my experience, an average Model A 
has the best shot at being sold at or below $10,000. The further north of that that you get, the more difficult it becomes, unless you have something truly, truly special. So, I gotta ask, who is buying these $15,000 Model A Fords? Okay, guys, there you have it. My little rant, I guess, for this week. Uh, yeah, it is what it is. And, you know, before you go sending me an email to educate me about how Haggerty's price guide <laughs> says that uh, a Model A uh, Roadster in medium condition actually should retail for $16,773. Understand that... Uh, I know that there are exceptions, of course. I've seen a lot of nice Model A's. Um, it's just that I've found that, like I said at the end of that little spiel, uh, personally, and at least where I am, I have found that the further north of $10,000 you go uh, with a Model A, the tougher it is to, uh, to sell. I know plenty of guys that have gotten uh, great money for their Model A's. And uh, really, at the end of the day, it just takes one guy that wants it bad enough and uh, it is what it is. But from my experience and pedaling all these cars over the years, uh, 10,000 bucks and under is where I like to stay just because uh, pretty much anybody can kind of rat hole $10,000 if they want it bad enough to get a car to uh, enjoy or a, a good platform for a hot rod. And uh, yeah, but you start getting over that, you kind of get into a different tax bracket and uh, it becomes a little bit tougher to sell. They made a lot of Model A's. Um, I don't know how many millions of Model A's they made, five or six million, I think. Um, I could be wrong about that, but they made a shitload of them. And there's a lot available, and uh, the prices to actually sell a Model A in real life, um, they just don't normally, they don't normally realize huge prices. So, is what it is. Uh, that said, you know, all these guys that are asking the moon for these cars that I'm noticing on Craigslist that I'm bitching about in that story, eventually the ads drop off uh, so presumably they are being sold I just don't think that they're getting anywhere near uh, $15,000 for some of these cars that I'm seeing that are just in average condition uh, like I described in the in the story just kind of an older kind of garage restoration type of thing it's I just it's not happening 10,000 bucks and under is kind of the sweet spot at least in my opinion all right Let's jump into some Q&A real quick here. I had a few stories, stories, uh, questions roll through. And uh, we'll do that and then we'll say our goodbyes. Don't forget, if you guys have stories of your own, email them to me, jake at ironandsteel.com. And uh, let's get back to telling your guys' stories. It's actually, I really prefer telling your stories over mine. Uh, just because it keeps it interesting. Everybody writes differently and tells their story differently. And uh, I like reading it and telling it. So keep them coming in. If it's old car related, just uh, email it to me. I'll tell every single story that I receive. All right, Q&A. Here we gizzo. Uh, which of the, this is an interesting question. Which of the submitted stories has been your favorite to share? And which of your own have you enjoyed sharing the most? 
um, so I think, I think, first of all, I've enjoyed every story that's been sent in, and we've told a few dozen of them, I think. Um, but I think the Nighthawk story that was sent in um, by Nick Saya, I think that was my favorite, just because it kind of it kind of encompassed uh, a few different elements. I mean, it's a bitch and car that he's building, and then the his family tie-in with the airplane and finding the plane and the history and it's I don't know I really enjoyed that one so I think Nighthawk was my favorite uh, submitted story if you haven't listened to that go back it's probably 10 episodes or so ago you can also uh, check out the article firsthand on the website and there's a bunch of pictures of this car that Nick's building and uh, of his grandfather or great-grandfather I think it was uh, and his plane and all this like cool shit. He was like a record holding pilot and his plane was lost and found. And it's just, just a bitchin' story. So Nighthawk, I think was my favorite story that's uh, been submitted so far, although they are all great. Um, which of your own have you enjoyed sharing the most? Uh, I think it's a tie between the story that I wrote about Jack Corley called You Don't Know Jack. Uh, just because Jack was a special guy uh, and a good friend to me. And so I liked being able to share his story with you guys. Uh, if you haven't listened to that or read that, go back and check it out. It's a few, uh, probably 20 podcasts ago, maybe more. It's on the website. Uh, I don't know what page it's on, but it's called You Don't Know Jack. And uh, it's a good article about a great guy. So uh, I enjoyed telling that one. And then uh, I think it's a tie between that and a state sale. And estate sales is a story, if you haven't listened to it or read it, <clears throat> it's the story of how I found and ultimately obtained my 36.3 window, the blue one that was uh, Brandon down at East Bay chopped for me. Uh, just because it was kind of a quirky story, it was a weird, just the whole thing was kind of strange. And I, I, I like telling that story just because uh, there's a lot of weird elements to it. And uh, in the end, I was able to get the car and yeah it's a fond memory of mine and uh kind of a fun story it was actually the first podcast that i recorded was a state sale so go back and listen to it the quality of the podcast itself is a little clunky i was doing things much differently back then and uh yeah it's a little strange but uh you can listen to it it's episode number one and uh, you can check it out for yourself on the website. There's a bunch of cool photos of the car when I found it and all that shit too. So, all right. The next question was, uh, <laughs> how do you feel about rat rods? <laughs> how do you feel about rat rods? The artist in me appreciates them, but the purist in me doesn't like them. Um, this question actually came through couple of weeks ago and I purposely waited until pride month <laughs> I purposely waited until pride month to uh, bring this up just because I feel like it, it just kind of fits <laughs> uh, so that should answer your question you know look the deal is uh, the whole car thing's a little weird there's different facets different elements to to the whole thing and probably everybody thinks that everybody else is weird uh the rat rod thing i don't get i don't understand purposely making the car look like a pile of shit 
Um, but, you know, if guys want to smoke meth and <laughs> get their stick welder out and fucking buzz some skill saw blades onto the roof of their... <laughs> whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan, of course, uh, as you can tell, of rat rods, but... Uh, to each their own. There's a bunch of weird shit going on out there. I don't know if you know about this steampunk stuff. <laughs> Which, uh, I think Brandon uh, actually mentioned it to me. That was the first time I heard about this steampunk shit. But uh, it looks like a bunch of twirly mustache guys are like uh, into like brass riveting. You gotta just, I don't know, Google it for yourself, I guess. But uh Rat rods, steampunk, you know, whatever. It's uh, it's satire to me. But like I said, everybody probably thinks everybody else is weird. The traditional hot rod stuff is weird to uh, most people that are that live outside that world. A good example are <clears throat> my neighbors here. Are like we're pretty close with them. They moved in a couple of years ago, and we've gotten to be pretty good friends. They're our age. Uh, they're actually probably a little younger. I think they're in their 30s. But uh, just like normal people that are interested in normal people things. Uh, they're not car people or anything. But uh, they're super nice. Really, you know, we barbecue with them and do things pretty often. So uh, at one point, you know, I don't know how long ago it was, six months ago or something, I was talking to uh, the wife and her dad is interested in old cars. And so I was talking to her because her parents were here and uh, when they came over, she brought them over uh, to check out my cars and it was a whole big thing and he still talks about it to this day and how much he enjoyed that and all this stuff. So uh, I was talking to her about that and about old cars. And uh, I forget how it came up, but she was, <clears throat> she kind of was like, uh, basically what's, what's the deal because it seems like you have a pretty specific niche of car. And I'm like, yeah, so it's like a traditional hot rod and custom type of thing, which means that, uh, you know, essentially they're typically like 30s, 1930s cars um, that are, um, that look like they would have been built in the 40s, 50s, or 60s. She's kind of like, uh, you know, trying to understand what that means. And, and I get it, it's weird. I mean, it's a really small niche. Uh, and it's a strange thing to say to somebody that you're interested in 1930s Fords done in the style of a 1950s hot rod. Like, people can't fucking, they don't know what the fuck you're talking about, you know? They're going to send you a picture of some Model T sedan with Les Schwab wheels on it and fucking, you know, in the parking lot of Safeway and be like, huh? Check it out. What do you think of this? I'm like, yeah, it sucks. But... Yeah, everybody thinks everybody else's shit is weird. Nobody gets it. I don't get the rat rod thing. Um, but hey, some people do. But it is what it is. I learned a long time ago to uh, let people live and let live or something. I have no idea. Next question. Will the estranged drag race t-shirts be available online or in person only? Uh, those shirts are going to be available only in person at the track the weekend of the event which is uh leave august 18th through the 20th if i remember right i should have written that down same weekend as it was uh last year 18th through the 20th i'm almost positive two to washington the estranged drag show yes we called it that on purpose 
Uh, but traditional hot rods, race cars, uh, real eighth mile drag racing. Uh, it's just, it's a great event. It's in Tudor, Washington, uh, about an hour north of Portland. So, you know, if you're on the fence about it, uh, it is absolutely worth the drive. Of course, I'm biased, but uh, it really is a great event. The setting's beautiful. Uh, the cars are insanely cool. You you have to submit photos we approve them it's not just you know willy-nilly you don't get rat rods and uh, uh to tie into the previous question you don't get rat rods and uh, modern cars and door slammers or anything it's it's real actual hot rods in like 60s era race cars and uh, it's a lot of fun drag race event car show and uh swap meet and uh every year it just gets bigger and bigger and more and more fun and uh if you haven't been you should absolutely go get a hold of me if you need some more information uh yeah is what it is but no the shirts i'm not going to offer them for sale on the website or anything it's just going to be a wham bam weekend um 20 or 25 bucks whatever i land on uh type of deal so just an event shirt only available at the event next question was will you sell the black three window or is that staying uh, that car staying without question. Um, I was given a very generous deal on that car from a, a friend, a good friend. And uh, yeah, there's no reason for me to sell it. I'm in it right. It's an outstanding car. I've, a few people have asked me, <laughs> kind of sent me messages like, uh, you know, hey, I thought you were like a 36 guy. Looks like you're turning into a 32 guy. It's like, well, I like nice old cars no matter what. So <clears throat> You know, I'm not a diehard 32 uh, fanatic or anything like that, but uh, this is a very good car. It's well built. It's absolutely fucking stunning in person. And uh, yeah, I've fallen in love with it for sure. It's one of the best driving cars that I have. Uh, it's got a built flathead in it that just sings and it's got this rumble and this camshaft that just makes you kind of want to Take it for a good hard drive and uh, I've been driving the shit out of it and uh, it's a great car, no reason to sell it and uh, it would be a dickhead move for me to sell it because I paid way less than, uh, than not way less, but I paid considerably less than what its actual value is and uh, so I wouldn't feel right doing that. So no, uh, is it? are you selling it or is it staying? It's staying. <clears throat> Next question was car show or car cruise, 100% cruise. Uh, I dislike most car shows. Uh, I don't really like sitting around talking to people about stupid things, uh, even if it's about cars. I can only look at the same, you know, cars so many times around here anyway. All the car shows are basically the same cars that you see uh, that you saw the weekend before, and it's the same guys and the same. Hey, they'll let anybody in here. Her, her, her. Like, fuck off. I don't have time for that shit. So I would much rather be uh, cruising than showing. And uh, that's what these cars are meant for. You know, I drive an old car. I try to drive an old car every single day. Uh, I much prefer driving to anything else. So car show or car cruise, uh, cruise, 100%. All right. Again, you guys, if you have stories of your own, please punch them out, send them in, jake at ironandsteel.com. If you know somebody that has a story that you think should be told, 
you want me to write it, you can nominate somebody if you want. I'll do it. I don't care. Uh, if you're a shitty writer, who gives a fuck? Just sit down, send it in. Uh, I'll edit the story, make it at least consumable. <laughs> but uh, in most cases, the stories that have come in, I mean, we've just been raw dogging them. Like, <laughs> it's, they're fine. It's it's low pressure, low key. And the fact that everybody writes differently kind of makes it fun. And uh, so it's not very often that I edit stories too much. And uh, it's kind of better that way. But if you're worried about it, if you want me to write a story or uh, edit it or whatever, I'm happy to do that before I tell it. But the point is just send them in. Uh, email me, jake at ironandsteel.com. Let's keep this going. I would much prefer telling your guys' stories over uh, my own just because it's so much more fun. So please do keep them coming. Jake at ironandsteel.com. One more time. Don't forget, please make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're sharing the links. If you enjoy this content, uh, tell your friends, family, let's keep this going. This is kind of a unique deal. This is not a traditional podcast where two guys sit there and slap each other's dicks for an hour, talk about a bunch of bullshit that nobody cares about. We're just telling hot rod stories here. And uh, in most cases, we're telling your stories. And uh, it's a lot of fucking fun. So let's keep it going. Subscribe, like, share, do all the stuff everybody always says to do. And uh, yeah, if you could, I would greatly appreciate it. In the meantime, let's wrap it up. I'll talk to you guys again in exactly seven days. Thank you guys again so much for being here. Peace.